What is up, you wonderful, beautiful people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, it's going to be January 11th, 2023. The record date for this is November 14th, 15th, 2022. So we're definitely ahead of the game. But uh, I wanted to share something with you guys today that stuck out to me in Judges. It's kind of a little bit of a U-turn on here, but um, I think it's important, especially in the context of things going on in the world. And it's God will judge the wicked. Okay. He's going to take care of some stuff. And that reminded me of, you know, or how can I say this? This thought was provoked in, um, some scripture I was reading this morning, you guys, the book of judges. Now I'm going to walk you through this a little bit. You're going to have to bear with me. Um, sometimes people, our attention span, you guys, is not always great, right? If I'm not saying anything that's super setting off rockets for you guys, people are going to lose me on this one, but I got You got to, you got to hear the context behind this. Okay. You got to hear what's going on. You guys can go back and read it yourself, but I want to be able to share with you kind of where all this came from, okay? That's important. So check this out. This is Judges chapter 9. Now, this was right after Gideon, God asked, you know, used him to destroy their enemies. Gideon had 70 children, okay? That's a lot of kids, yo. Now, I'm sure I had concubines too. I couldn't imagine one woman pushing out 70 children, but you guys get what I'm saying. So... Now, Ambalek, it says the son of Jerubbabel. Jerubbabel is Gideon, okay? Same, same person. So then Ambalek, that's his son. So Gideon is dead, all right? Or Jerubbabel, I'll use that name since that's referred to in this chapter nine. Then Ambalek, the son of Jerubbabel, went to Shechem to his mother's brothers and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, which is better for you? that all 70 of the sons of Jerubbabel reign over you or that one reign over you. Isn't that funny how there's always one person looking to have all the power? He's like, do you want all 70 people ruling over you? Like all 70 of us distributing that? That's the way God intended. Or just me, right? I mean, come on. Remember that I'm your own flesh and blood. And his mother's and his mother's brothers spoke all these words concerning him in the hearing of all the men of Shechem and their hearts was inclined to follow Ambalek, for they said, he is our brother. Isn't that crazy how we can be so manipulated to follow somebody just because they are flesh and blood or we know them? So they're like, you know what? Dude, they're, they're good. Like, we're going to follow them, right? Okay, here we go. So they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal, which is like one of their gods or whatever, with which Ambalek hired worthless and reckless men. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> good grief. Oh my gosh. I don't, why? I'm like, Lord, help us to pay attention to the people that we are hiring and putting in positions. They were worthless and reckless men. Okay, better better question or better assessment. Lord, give us discernment to know who the worthless and reckless men are, right? That's our responsibility. Um, knowing the difference between those types of people and others is going to be crucial, right? Anyway, let's move on. And they followed him. <laughs> then he went to his father's house at uh, what is it? Oprah and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jerubbabel on one stone. So this dude, go ahead, went ahead, convinced his 70 brothers along with the Shechem, this whole city to follow him. And then he murdered all of his brothers. What the heck? That screwed up. Is that not messed up? Okay, let's move on. The 70 sons of Jerubbabel on one stone, 
but jot, jot him, jot him. I'm not pronouncing these names right, you guys. That's why I encourage you to go back because then you'll actually hear, like be able to read for yourself what it actually says. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubbabel, was left because he hid himself. And all the men of Shechem gathered together, right, and went and made Ambalek king, okay, beside the terebinth tree. Now, when they told Jotham, he went and stood on top of Mount something and lifted his voice and cried out, right? So then he goes, listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. I'm going to read this to you guys because this is relevant, okay? The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree reign over us but the olive tree said to them should i cease giving my oil with which they honor god and men and go to sway over other trees then the trees said to the fig tree you come and reign over us but the fig tree said to them should i seize my sweetness and my good fruit and go and go to sway over trees then the trees said to the vine you come and reign over us but the vine said to them should I seize my new wine, which cheers both God and men, and go to sway over trees? <laughs> then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Okay, this is important. So he ends up escaping. He says this, in the presence of all the people, this younger brother who saw his older brother murder all his brothers, it says, then he went and hid for fear of his brother, Ambalek. After Ambalek had reigned over Israel three years. Let's pause right there. Do you guys realize the gap in time? So this dude murders all of his, his brothers and then his brother's hiding for three years. That's a long time to let something just happen. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, I've seen some things happen in our country. I mean, it's only been a couple years, but these guys had to wait three, right? I don't know why we think that uh, things are just gonna be so swift all the time. And maybe it's just the microwave society we live in. Things just instant results right now. You know, me and my, me and my son were talking about this the other day. People, like everything they make on TikTok now and social media, the videos are super short and it's like a super quick dopamine hit, right? It's like, it's like a drug. Right? So it's like, okay, you see something, you're done. You see something, you're done. You see something, you're done. I, that's probably why we just expect things to happen. And when it doesn't, we get impatient, we get frustrated. It's, I mean, in, in the culture that we've created, I guess what I'm saying, it doesn't help at all. Because we have zero patience for anything to just, you know, happen or listen to somebody and what they have to say. Right? If it's not constantly popping, if it's not constantly, you know, like insightful or whatever, people, oh, next one. Oh, next one. Anyway, you guys get what I'm trying to say. So let's move on. After Ambalek had reigned over Israel three years, God sent a spirit of ill will between Ambalek and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Ambalek that the crime done to the 70 sons of Jerubal might be settled and their blood be laid on Ambalek, their brother, who killed them, and on the men of Shechem who aided him in the killing of his brothers. I was like, I saw that at first and I was like, thank you, Lord. Right. God spent, God sent a spirit of ill will. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Right. Because God's all about justice. He, he saw this happen. Right. And did you guys know that God looked on the earth and he saw that no one was righteous? He's like, where's the justice? I guess my own arm will save. That's the whole point. He sent Jesus Christ because man doesn't really have it in their will to do what needs to be done. 
right? Including justice, including standing up. Sometimes we're cowards, you guys, let's just be honest, you know? And so God had to do that for us. And the, and the cool thing now is what Christ did. We can actually stand in that full authority now and not, we don't have to be afraid, but you guys, it's not in our natural. We're not, obviously it's not in our nature to do that, or we would have done it or people get bribed corruption. That's the other thing that comes into play with things, right? I mean, I don't know how many times I've read the old Testament and judges getting bought off, people getting bought off. You guys it still happens today. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You don't read this to learn anything new. You read this to understand how, you know, how human beings can be and what God does. How does God respond to human beings? How does he operate? Right? So let's move on. So as I'm reading this, I'm thinking things, I'm, as I was reading this, I'm like, okay, God sent the spirit of ill will. He's going to deal with these people. I'm thinking it's going to happen now. That's not what happened. You know what? Things got worse. Check this out. So there was this guy. He was part of, you know, in the city of Shechem. His name was Gal. I, I can't pronounce his name. G-A-A-L. Okay. This guy. He's sitting around with his buddies. It says they went out in the fields, gathered grapes from their vineyard, trod them and made merry. And they went to the house of their God and ate and drank. And they cursed Amalek. So you've got this group of guys sitting there talking, talking smack about this Amalek guy, right? Rightly so. I mean, they don't like him anymore. God sent a spirit of ill will. We know this is going to happen. So they're sitting there talking. Well, guess who's sitting among them? Some, some guy who knows Amalek, okay? Who's his officer? His officer, which is Zubal, hears all of this that this guy's saying. So he sends message to Amalek and says, hey, guess what? You've got this group of people. Who's like getting ready to overthrow you, bro? And so it, he gets he gets him this warning. It says when Zubal, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gal, the son of Abed, his anger was aroused. And he sent messengers to Amalek secretly saying, Take note. Gal, the son of Abed, and his brothers have come to Shechem, and here they are, fortifying the city against you. Now, therefore, get up by night, you and the people who are with you, and lie in wait in the field. You guys, I'm just this, you know what just crossed my mind. You know this reminded me of? <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Think about people like the FBI, the CIA, right? If people were to say, you know what? We're sick of our tyrannical government, right? If we were to really take up the full authority that we have, right? If you read the Declaration of Independence to overthrow, you know, if there, there's a time when ha things have to happen, who do you think he's going to let these people know, right? You know, it says that legally, I think it's the FBI or was it CIA? Maybe it's the CIA. They cannot legally arrest American citizens, right? Um, I think the FBI can. But did you guys know that the CIA and the FBI uses uh, other countries to get feedback and information on American citizens so then they can know what we're up to? Why do you think they constantly are surveying everything that we do and everything that we say, your phones, everything, right? It just made me think of that. There's always gonna be somebody that's listening to the conversation, right? That's part of the wicked people that are no good they're going to try to go back and let the wicked people know what's going on, right? To try to like thwart the plans, so to speak. But let's move on, okay? Now, therefore get up by night, you and the people who are with you, and lie and wait in the field. And it shall be, as soon as the sun is up in the morning, that you shall rise early and rush upon the city. And when he and the people who are with him come out against you, you may then do to them as you find opportunity. Ooh, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how, you know what scripture just popped in my mind as I read that? It talks about how uh, Satan comes and, you know, he waits for the right opportunity, right? I mean, you could totally see the hand of the enemy in this. But anyway, so then Amalek, he does exactly what his buddy told him to do, right? 
So this guy, Gaul, shows up. He gets pushed out by Ambilek and all his buddies. Him, he basically gets his ass kicked. Let's put it that way. All right. Now, let's, so Ambilek is taking over these cities. Ambilek fought against the city all that day. He took the city and killed the people who were in it. And he demolished the city and sowed it with salt. So God, this, this so you guys think about this. Ambilek murders his sons. There's a three-year period where this crap continues. God sends a spirit of ill will because he wants to deal with the wickedness. But now here he is again, doing worse off. Ambilek destroyed the city, okay, demolished it, sowed it with salt. I asked my husband this morning, I was like, what was the point of that? It's so nothing would grow. Destroy the land so it could not be used again, right? So now when all the men of the tower of Shechem had heard that, they entered the stronghold of the, of the temple of, of the god Bereth. Now, obviously, there's so much I could say about this, you guys. You got to wonder, you know, it's like there's this there there was a t there's a time and probably even now where a lot of people are not necessarily calling upon the name of the Lord. We know there are people who are, right? But I believe there's a lot more that is not than there are who people who actually are. All right. And so anyway, they go into this stronghold. These people that are running from Ambalek who just destroyed their city hide in the stronghold. You know what Ambalek does? He takes these pieces of wood on his shoulders, instructs other people to do it shoves it in the stronghold, lights it on fire, and kills all the people again. Do you know how many people could look at that situation and think, you know what, was God, what the heck, Lord? Really? This guy is still getting away with crap, right? I mean, it's easy to come to that conclusion. I would. You know, when I was reading this, I found myself getting fired up. I was like, Lord, what the heck is this dude up to? Why is he doing this, right? Anyway. And Ambalek took an ax in his hand, cut down. Okay, I just shared that with you guys. So each people did that. It says, and then they set it on fire so that all the people of the tower of Shechem died, about a thousand men and women. Then Ambalek went to Thebes, that's another city. And he entered against the Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower in the city and all the men and women, all the people of the city fled there and shut themselves in. Then they went up to the top of the tower. So now you've got another city he just entered in. He's getting ready to destroy all of them. They run into the stronghold. They go and they hide. So Ambalek came as far as the tower and fought against it. And he drew near the door of the tower to burn it with fire. He's getting ready to go into the stronghold. But this is, this is so great. A certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Ambalek's head and crushed his skull. I was like, yes, Lord. Right? Then it says, then he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer, and said to him, draw your sword and kill me least men say of me a woman killed him <laughs> how embarrassing right so his young men thrust him through and he died and when the men of israel saw that ambalek was dead they departed every man to his place yeah they don't care and their eye this guy was worthless they hated him anyway then god raided the then okay verse 56 it says thus god repaid the wickedness of Ambalek, which he had done to his father by killing his 70 brothers. And all the evil of men and all the evil of the men of Shechem, God returned on their own heads and on them the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubbabel. Right? Because if you guys go back to that beginning, remember he was talking about the trees rolling over the trees? And he was like, you know, if in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. 
right? But if not, let fire come out and devour, right? Was Amalek's kingdom established in truth? No, absolutely not. So I read this and I was like, you know what, Lord? Thank you. God repaid the wicked. And he's going to do the same thing today, you guys. It's really, really hard for us to see, though. Like I said, we expect everything to just happen. Boom, 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 boom. But it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't, unfortunately. Right? Because here's the thing. Like, we've got human beings <laughs> that have their own will. You know, it's no different when God told the Israelites, hey, I'm going to deliver you. And then all of a sudden, labor got worse. Pharaoh came down on him harder. And I was listening to an old podcast I did today. And it was basically saying, I did it a year ago. And it was basically saying that there has to be a time where you hold on to what God said while you're looking at the circumstances that would judge completely opposite of what you're believing God to do, right? God promised, you know, it's first of all, the Israelites cried out to God for help, right? And then God heard them and it says they worshiped God. So they heard God, God heard them. He said he's going to deliver them. Now they had to hold on to that while they were waiting to be delivered from Pharaoh. Do you guys know how long it was? I mean, I've, I've never really sat down and actually like figured out how long it took. But if you think about all the plagues that fell upon the land, um, it wasn't just that many days. You know, it was probably months before they were actually delivered. And they went through a lot of stuff in between time. And here's the thing though, regardless of what Pharaoh was saying and doing, God's word still came to pass. Even in Judges, God saw what was going on and he wanted to deal with it, even though it took time. We don't know how long it took the time for Ambalek to go into these cities, destroy them, whatever. But then eventually things were dealt with. And so you guys can apply this to today. We can. That's what, that's the whole point of reading the Bible is to learn the character of God, right? Not do what these people did, right? Now we can learn from them what they did and didn't do, right? What we should do and should not do, that kind of thing. We're not supposed to be those people. We're supposed to figure out who is God, right? How does he, how does he deal with stuff and learn and learn from that way, right? And I will say this too. I always say this. Your life is only supposed to be validating why Jesus Christ came. That's it. Your life is supposed to be a testimony of why Jesus came. What did he come for? Safe to save, right? And so, you know, your life's supposed to be a reflection of that. And we can do that while we're waiting for the bigger piece sometimes. You know, you guys, there's corruption all over the world right now. I've been seeing videos surface talk, you know, with people like Bill Gates talking about um, how let's not waste money on, you know, people on their last few months of life. We could give that money to people who are still working and teachers and this or that. Isn't it crazy? how they, you know, use good to do evil. They say stuff like, you know what? We got to pay teachers and we got to do this or that. It's costing way more money to keep somebody alive who's already dying, right? So they say, what's the point, right? They justify stuff like that, you know? So you guys get what I'm trying to say? There's all kinds of just wicked people out there who do all kinds of stuff. Um, one of these days I would really like to do, I looked up the word eugenics the other day and that was just like whoa that is crazy you know a lot of people don't think that you know people would be that evil but are they not i mean come on what do you think about what just happened here in, in judges read the book of judges and tell me that people can't be wicked and can't do things 
And you know, that's why I'm hoping more and more people just wake up, right? Because there are things that are going on that should not be happening. I remember when people were sending me videos about the um, child trafficking rings, pedophile rings and stuff. I never heard of that in my entire life. And then I watched a documentary called Out of Shadows. Did you guys know that they won't even let you post that on social media? And this is what, and, and that's the crazy thing. You gotta wonder how much of it is actually true. The fact that they do not want people being exposed to certain information. If what they were doing was true and right, it wouldn't matter what was out there. They could stand on their own words and it would be just fine, right? So all I'm saying is we gotta, you know, instead of, cause a lot of people trust in these fact checkers. That's the weird thing. I'm like, who are these fact checkers? Do you guys even know these people? How do you know they're not getting paid? The same way that people used to get bought off and paid off in the Bible, you know, to, for, to do something or not do something when it came time for justice to, to happen. It's no different, you guys. So anyway, I just, I was encouraged. I was like, you know what, Lord? Thank you that at some point you do deal with the wicked. He will deal with wicked governments. He will deal with fraud. He will deal with all these things that we've heard about. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who has questions in their mind, who all of a sudden it's like they try to keep us locked in, right? 2020 hit, keeping people locked in their homes. And then God used that time to show people things that they never saw, things that were so horrifying. And you could say that wasn't God. You know what? You can look at it however you want. If there, if we knew the level of responsibility that we have upon this earth, don't you think it's important that us human beings know the depravity? I mean, what do you think? We ate from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. What does that mean? You're responsible for both. So we need to know what the heck is going on on this earth so we can make good decisions, right? God gave us the earth. It says the heavens are his and he's given the earth to mankind. So I believe with that, there has to be a level of us knowing certain things to be able to deal with it. And the fact that there's certain things that they don't want you to know is very questionable to me. If what they were saying and doing was so right, why would you hide information? Why would you censor stuff? Why would you not allow the whole world to see it? Why? People are adults, right? You know, we can't keep um, censoring everything for everybody because it's uncomfortable. But if this stuff is happening, if women and children are being trafficked and there's pedophile wing rings and there's governments involved, don't you think those people that are suffering underneath those hands want to have a voice? Do they, do they need to be silenced because it makes you feel uncomfortable for seeing it and hearing about it? What if it was your own children? What if your children, you know, come on. You guys know anything about the brothels in Calcutta in India? You guys, I was a part of a ministry for a while called Scarlet Road. And they worked with women who were in human trafficking, prostitution, you name it. And they wanted us who were in the group to educate ourselves as to what we were stepping into. So I had to read books and fill my head with all kinds of reality of what was going on. You know what? It sucked. But you know what? That's what was happening. That's the stuff God has to look at every single day. And then there's the argument too, well, why does he let it happen? You know, I don't know why people allow things to happen. I don't believe that was God's will at all. I believe people can be super wicked. And if you don't have Christ, the depravity of man is unmeasurable. You don't know what man would do. 
And the fact that they won't even let people expose it shows you how dark it really is. You guys, read the Bible. It's, it's pretty dark, some of the things that people did. It talked about David, people offering up. Did you know people used to sacrifice their children, literally, like literally, to gods? Literally take their child and sacrifice it? You guys, that's not some woo-woo crap. Read the Bible. It's in there. We ought to make a movie on some of this stuff. Like a true movie on it. Right? So people can wake up and uh, start being comfortable with some of the reality that is going on. And this is, this is another thing I always say, and I'll say it again. The reason people struggle to deal with reality is because they, they struggle with God dealing with their own reality. You can't handle any amount of truth beyond the truth that you have not accepted within yourself. If you struggle to accept the reality of what you got going on, your own consequences in your life, if you haven't learned to be freed up from the burden that truth can be, what do I mean by that? When you start acknowledging your own darkness within yourself and turning on the light, you can start feeling all kinds of emotions, shame, condemnation, judgment, all this kind of stuff. And once you get the light in you, right? Christ, he's the light. He's like, confess, I'll help you, I'll restore you. When you are underneath of that, it gives you the ability to not only start dealing with your own darkness, but looking at the darkness that's going on on a huge scale, you guys. Way, way, way greater scale than what you got going on in your own life. And we need people that have balls enough to deal with that kind of stuff. Because I don't know about you, if those were my children, if those were my people, I sure the hell would want to give them a voice. I wouldn't want to silence them. If your children were stuck in a human trafficking ring and they were trying to say, hey, somebody save me, and they were constantly trying to turn it down, don't you think? I mean, wouldn't you be so horrified? You know, so think about all the people out there that are crying out for help right now. And there are wicked ass people right now that are eh, turning it off. Now we know who's behind that, right? Darkness is upon the earth. However, guess what? Guess what, baby? God's gonna deal with it. God's gonna deal with all the liars, all the manipulators, all the sickos of the world. It's gonna happen. And I believe it'll happen in the land of the living, that we'll literally be able to see these things happen. I mean, it's all over in the Bible, you guys. We can't just look for God's salvation when we're dead. We gotta look for it now. What is salvation? Any means of deliverance from danger, evil, or ruin. That is the whole point of Jesus Christ coming. God wants to do that. But now people have to be able to put themselves into position to be used for that. What do I always say? What did I say? There's a podcast I did. You were someone else's Moses. What do I mean by that? God wants to use us individuals to help deliver nations of people. Literally. Moses was one person. He's out there. He already done killed somebody in Egypt, right? Remember? And he fleed. So he's just like all posted up, doing his own thing, raising his family. Nobody knows who he is. And God wants to use him to deliver millions of people. Your life could do that for somebody else. If you have the courage to like, number one, turn the light on in yourself, right? God is light. Let him expose you. Let him restore you. And then he'll actually start helping you have the courage to deal with some of the darkness that's in the world. And those are the kind of humans we need on this planet right now. We need people who are courageous enough to deal with their own darkness and then deal with the darkness in the world because you're the light. Once you, once you turn a light on in yourself, you become a light. And once the light comes, the darkness will flee. So God promises, and we need that. Like I said, 
We need that in these places. We need it in the government. We need it everywhere, all over the world, in every area that has been compromised. And God will deal with it. And that's what we are looking forward to. Right? So anyway, I just want to share that with you guys. That was my thoughts about reading Judges. You guys read it yourself and come to your own conclusions. Right? Um, this is just my take on it. You know, that's this is my thoughts. If we, if we were like hanging out and maybe, you know, somebody said, hey, we're going to read the book of Judges together. And everybody went home and read it themselves. And then we got back together. I would, that, that would be my interpretation of it. So then go read it for yourself. You know, go get your own conclusions on some things, guys. It's really, really important that we do that. We have to be empowered on an individual level, right? Because God uses individuals and he uses people that are not common, right? That you would just completely judge as like, oh, whatever. What, who are they, right? Those are the ones God uses. So, you know, quit looking at like the people out there that you've put on a pedestal. Let God use your own life, especially, you know, in the areas of darkness that you see that you're like, wow, that's horrible. You know, keep praying that God will, God's going to do something about it. He will. He we have to cry out and we have to pray that God will use us and also empower the people that he's given the job to. Cause you know what? I'll say this. I'll say this really quick. And then I got to get off here. God gave Moses the task and Moses made excuses. Think about how long did it take for Moses to like really figure his crap out before he went out and did what God wanted him to do. You guys, we don't have any more time for us to wait right? As far as like, oh, okay. What, how many excuses are we going to give the Lord before we actually get on with what he wants us to do? What if a whole nation's deliverance was dependent upon you obeying God? Seriously. We don't think that's capable and possible. You guys, Jesus already said we would do greater things than he did. Why is that? Because his spirit is in us multiplied by a billion, right? Anyway, I better get off here, you guys. I thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the day and awesome rest of the week. And I will see you guys next time.